Good morning and welcome to today's church service. I hope you've enjoyed your weekend this far and you are looking forward hopefully to a very good week that God has in store for us. Wow, the month of July has become like a blur. It's it's just blazing through so quick. I, I just felt like we just celebrated July 4th and by the time we realize here we are, amen. I mean, pe- pe- on a personal front, the month of July has been very busy for me, so perhaps that's why it's speeding. But I pray your week is filled with the goodness of God. Amen. Be very encouraged. The song that we sang today should let us know that um, Jesus, who's our all in all, who is our friend, at the same time, he's also a king. It's in control. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning as we come before your word. We pray that your word will minister to us in simplicity and clarity of speech, yet in the fullness and in the power of your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, We are in in the middle of the year. And most times, whenever we have the opportunity to cross over from one year to another, we are always filled with excitement, some joy and some hope. For some, it will represent it's a clean slate to start all over. It means, it means that probably you may have not liked how last year panned out to be. And therefore, God has given you another fresh slate to, to, to do something. For others to it, it might inspire some hope. It might be a continuation of building from the previous successful year to the next year. And for some others too, they are so unsure. Call them the in between us. But how be it? Every year has its set of challenges that we all have to keep in mind. In life, there are some things called curveballs, things you don't expect to just come and hit you all of a sudden. Every year presents us with one. And sometimes when we reach the middle of the year like this in the month of July, most especially, or let's say months of June and July, people feel very tired. People feel very worn out. So I want to believe that today's message that I'll preach will encourage you to don't throw in the towel yet. Don't quit. Keep on keeping on. Keep soldiering on. Amen. Uh, I don't know how your year has panned out to be so far, but it's just the first half. Don't just conclude on your year by the events of what has transpired the past six months. But but look at it in the whole pie, in the big picture of what God is going to do. Amen. So please turn with me to James chapter 5, verse 11. James chapter 5, verse 11. Indeed, we count them blessed who endure. You have heard of the perseverance of Job and seen the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate 
and merciful. So based on our reading for today, I'm ministering on what I call tough in troubled times. Tough in troubled times. Now, before we get into the meat of our message, let me start by defining perseverance. And then we look into Job's perseverance. Because the Bible lets us know that we have to understand the perseverance of Job. And when we come to understand the perseverance of Job, it will inspire some faith in us. Because the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. And perseverance is a godly quality. So what does perseverance look like? When we look at Job's story, we will get an idea. But before that, let's look at the definition of the word perseverance. Uh, if you read the same scripture in King James, it uses the word the patience of Job. You have heard of the patience of Job. So most times, especially in the New Testament, patience and perseverance is like a word play. And there are three English words associated with that word, perseverance. Steadfastness, constancy, endurance. Steadfastness, constancy, endurance. Now, what's the meaning of to be steadfast? It means to be firm, to be firm in your beliefs. When you are firm in your beliefs, you are steadfast. You are loyal. The Bible says that in the last days, the love of many shall wax cold. So in the last days, one of the signs that will usher in the coming of the Lord is people are going to be so disloyal. Disloyal to the cause of Christ. Disloyal to God. Disloyal to the things of God. It means that that steadfastness, that means that we have this firm foundation in our beliefs is being removed. It's something that will happen in the last days. The love of many shall wax cold. When people's love wax cold, they become disloyal. The second English word that is associated with the word perseverance is constancy. It means you have an unshaking determination. Firmness of mind under suffering. Your mind doesn't easily change. For some of us, for our, for our mind to change is just to go through the slightest mark of suffering. Our mind will change. Our mind will change about God. Our mind will change about the promises of God. Our mind will change about the vision. Our mind will change about the future that God may have even shown us. So constancy, it means you are the same, the same everywhere. Even if you, you like math, one of the characters in math is called a constant. Why is it called a constant? That means no matter where you will put that, that, that equation, that character is always going to remain the same. It's almost like God. <laughs> Amen. Constance. Then the third thing is endurance. And endurance is fortitude. 
It means you don't sink or yield to pressure, especially during times of suffering or during times of hardship. Amen. So from these three English words, when we join them, what is the meaning of perseverance? Perseverance is the ability to endure pain and unfair circumstances. And a, a picture of that character is Job. Amen. So to get an idea of how perseverance played a role in Job's life, I just want us to look at the last chapter of this book. So go with me to Job chapter 42, and we are reading all the verses. Amen. Job chapter 42, verses 1 to 17. Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that you can do everything and that no purpose of yours can be withheld from you. You asked, who is this who hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore, I have uttered what I did not understand. Things too wonderful for me, which I did not know. Listen, please, and let me speak. You said I will question you, and you shall answer me. I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you. Therefore, I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. 7. And so it was, after the Lord had spoken these words to Job, that the Lord said to Eliphaz the Temanites, My wrath is aroused against you and your two friends, for you have not spoken of me what is right, as my servant Job has. Now therefore, take for yourselves seven bulls and seven rams. Go to my servant Job and offer up for yourselves a burnt offering. And my servant Job shall pray for you, for I will accept him, lest I deal with you according to your folly, because you have not spoken what is right as my servant Job has. 9. So Eliphaz the Temanites, Bildad the Shuhites, and Zophar the Namathites went and did as the Lord commanded them, for the Lord had accepted Job. And the Lord restored Job's losses when he prayed for his friends. Indeed, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Then all his brothers, all his sisters, and all those who had been his acquaintances before came to him, ate food with him in his house, and they consoled and comforted him for all the adversity that the Lord brought upon him. Each one gave him a piece of silver and each a ring of gold. Now the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning, for he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, 1,000 female donkeys. He also had seven sons and three daughters, and he called the name of the first Jemima, the second Kezia, and the third Karen Hapok. In all the land were found no woman so beautiful as the daughters of Job, 
and their father gave them an inheritance among their brothers. After this, Job lived 140 years and saw his children and grandchildren for four generations. So Job died old and full of days. Amen. So to understand this story, you have to start from the beginning. Job's story started very well. A great man of the East. He was the greatest. He had wealth. He was living in the blessings of Abraham. This was someone who you can truly say that he is a descendant of Abraham. He is enjoying prosperity. But not just that. There are some sterling qualities to admire about Job. In this world, most rich people don't fear God. Most rich people don't eschew evil. Some of the sordid things and some of the sinful things that are done in this world are perpetuated by people with money, money bags. But Job was a different kind of wealthy man. The Bible lets us know that he feared God and he eschewed evil. He was, a, he was an upright and a righteous man. He feared God. This was the sort of man. But the Bible lets us know that he lost everything. And when I'm talking about everything, everything. Job was wealthy. He lost his wealth. Job had streams of income. He lost everything, all his businesses, including his manservants, his maidservants. He lost all his children. Ten children, he lost all of them. He lost everything save his wife. I believe that God had a plan because when God was going to restore, of course, Job needed his wife for another, another set of children to come. Perhaps maybe in the, in the wisdom of God, maybe that's why God had to preserve the woman. Amen. But Job lost everything, stripped totally. When you read, I think, the first two or three chapters, Job was stripped totally naked. It's not even fair. And when you read the story of Job, you ask yourself that, why does bad things happen to good people? Well, the book of Job doesn't answer that question. The book of Job doesn't answer why bad things happen to good people. And that was also a cry of Job. God never answered that. The book of Job rather teaches us to trust in the sovereignty of God, no matter what falls our way, no matter what becomes our lot. We have to learn how to rely on the sovereignty of God, that no matter which phase I might find myself in, God's hand is in it, because he is God. And God does as he pleases. So that is the central theme of Job. So Job really had a very uncomfortable experience. After he, after he had become so poor, after he had become like a disgrace, even among his city and wherever he was, on top of that, he also had a skin abrasion. The Bible lets us know that he had sores and he had an itch. This is one strange curveball that hit Job. And, and this should have made him commit suicide. 
But James, by the revelation of the Holy Spirit, said that the reason why Job was able to survive was because of perseverance. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what you might be in. Maybe you seem to be in a wilderness that God seems silent. Maybe you started the year with noise. You could hear the promises of God reverberating in your spirit. You could hear the promises of God ringing in your ear. But all of a sudden, we've come to June, July, and, and things seem to come to a standstill. You, you, you feel this sort of stillness in the atmosphere. You feel like even God is against you. You know, it, it is those times even when you pray, you, you don't even feel the, 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 the ambience of prayer. You don't even feel powerful. When you rebuke, it doesn't buke. You send angels on assignments, they don't come back. Things have become very tough. Maybe you are in that situation. But I came to tell you, hold on. And trust in God's sovereignty. Because God does as he wills and as he pleases. That is the sovereignty of God. And at times you might be praying to find out, Lord, why is it that this thing is happening to me? And I'm here to tell you, maybe like Job, you might not get an answer. God doesn't always answer those questions. And he is not obligated to answer those questions to us. Sometimes he will, but he is not obligated. He doesn't feel that it is his need to answer that question. What God wants every believer who goes through a tough time is to understand his sovereignty and trust him. That when I put my trust in God, God is going to take me to a safe destination. Amen. So, in this story that we just read, we can see some features of perseverance. And I will want us to go through the features of perseverance so that we can paint a poetry, a biblical poetry of what perseverance really looks like. What does it mean to endure and go through things in your stride like the perseverance of Job? According to James chapter 5, verse 11, right in this last chapter, we see perseverance being painted to us. So the first feature of perseverance in this chapter we just read is seen in the first six verses. It talks about Job's faith in God. Job's faith in God. So a portrait of perseverance, a biblical portrait of perseverance is even when you are going through hard and tough times, you will still keep your faith in God. With everything that Job went through, Job had lost 10 children. In the Hebrew culture, having a child or not having a child was equated to the blessings of God is upon you or the hand of God is heavy upon you. In the Hebrew culture, it was believed that any woman that could not give birth is because of sin. 
They didn't look at it from a biological issue. When a woman could give birth, it is because you are blessed. Because according to the Hebrew culture, the Bible says that I will bless your bread, I will bless your water, and you shall not cast your young. That's one of the blessings. So every average Jew believes that when you receive children, it is the blessing of the Lord. They didn't really look at it from a biological point of view. So when you don't have children, they saw it as the Lord's hand was heavy upon you. And look at Job. Ten children, all of them are dead. And Jewish people are very superstitious. So they would think that the Lord's hand weighs heavy on Job. Job has been hit with a curse. This is Job who has lost his wealth. No money. He was the talk of town. If you read uh, Job chapter 29, it lets us know that he sat in high and pristine places. He's no longer sitting there. He's sitting at the gate of the city. He has sores. He has an uncomfortable itch. Have you ever itched before? My goodness. One time I took some medicine or something and then I began to itch. My wife is my witness. It's it's nowhere compared to Job. But man, I was behaving like a madman. It was serious. But with Job, his sores were festering on his body. With no cure. With no medicine. And on top of that, he has an itch. And he looks like a madman. But he didn't let go of God. Even his wife told him, curse this God and die. Why do you hold on to this God? Through all the, the, the changing scenes of Job's life, he held on to God. That's a picture of perseverance. Faith in God. It amazes me that Job, with the boils he had, he still had a prayer life. He still could pray. It amazes me that through all the problems he went through, he was still perceptive to God's voice. He could hear God's voice. You know, one of the things that drowns the voice of God in our lives is when we are under pressure. When you are under pressure, when you are in trouble, the voice of God can be drowned. But no matter what was going on, even in Job's body, No matter how Job felt, Job still had this sensitivity and this perception to the voice of God. Friends, that to me is a picture of perseverance. Job persevered. Like I said in my earlier remarks, most Christians, we will denounce God at the slightest mark of suffering. For some, we will even stop going to church Today, there are many Christians who have an attitude against God. They have an attitude because because God didn't answer your your, your prayer points. You have an attitude. And who told you the year is over? It's only July. You, You have an attitude because from January to July, what you have expected, you haven't seen it. What about from July to December? You have an attitude, so you stop going to church. 
For some people too, when they are angry at God, because they know that God is sovereign, they will now shift their anger to the pastor. What has the pastor done? <laughs> Take it up with God. <laughs> Take it up with God. It's very unfortunate that sometimes pastors, we really bear the brunt of certain angers which we shouldn't even bear. You are angry with God and you are blaming on your pastor. It's not, it's not, it's not our fault. We just delivered. We are just the messenger. Amen. Don't shoot the messenger. Deal with the king. Amen. But that's Job. With everything that he went through, his faith was still resolute in God. And I pray for you this morning that maybe life's challenges wants to grind your faith, wants to sift you like wheat. But like Jesus implored Peter to pray for his brethren. Today, I pray for you that may your faith stand strong, that you will not be sifted like wheat and you will not be among the many that the devil will take captive in the name of Jesus. May we have perseverance and may we hold on to our faith. Don't let go. Yeah, I know you've prayed and it didn't happen. But trust in God's sovereignty. I do remember many years ago in England, I was even a church member. I wasn't a pastor. I prayed about this job. I went for an interview. I prepared for the interview. Man, I believe I aced the interview. I dressed up. I did everything. It, it, was, it was a job at a hospital, Guys and St. Thomas. I wanted to work there so badly. It had to do with a pharmaceutical position. I wanted to work there so badly. I'm always looking at the pay. Oh my God. Because of this, I even went to go and buy an interview book. And I've done many interviews before. But I just wanted to ace this once and for all. And many viable candidates. I remember I even gave a seed out of faith. Huge amount of money. Four figures. Because I believe that I'm going to get this job. I went for the interview. They liked me. They were happy. I called them. I never heard from them. About two weeks, I never heard from them. Then about the third week, I received the letter. And when I opened the letter and when I saw the first lines, we regret to announce, I just threw it in the bin. It's, there's no need to even read it. We regret to announce. Man, that thing crushed me so low. I'd never become so low in my life. I couldn't even pray anymore. I couldn't even go for prayer meeting. I remember when I received this letter, it was Friday, it was a prayer meeting. I couldn't even go for prayer meeting. Sunday, I didn't even want to go. I even had no strength to go to church. But for some reason, I went to church. And when I went to church, the pastor even didn't know what happened. But after service, he called me. Thank God for caring pastors. He called me and he said, I don't like your countenance. Are you disappointed at God? And I've never told him anything. Never told him anything. Are you disappointed at God? What is your problem? And I opened up to him. I said, I feel like God has disappointed me. I wanted this job so badly. I wanted this job. I want to live where I am working at. I want to get this job. I want to be among the high. See, I didn't get it. 
They say trust in God. God has something better. He said, no need to cry about this. Cheer up. Pick yourself up. And when I look back, this is 2001. I can now see God's agenda fully unfolding in my eyes. And sometimes there are some things that will happen. You will have to thank God because of the benefit of hindsight. So then sometimes I look at it and I say, wow, was this this job I was fighting for? 2001, what is this job? But what I'm trying to say is that no matter what you may want to have experienced and you may have fallen short of those expectations, don't lose your trust in God. Don't lose faith in God. God is still a good God. Today, maybe the only thing that God may want you to hear is, I'm not going to explain to you why you are going through this. There's trust in my sovereignty. Job never lost faith in God. He still had a prayer life. And he was perceptive to the voice of God. I pray that may we be perceptive to God's voice. And may we hold on, even when we are in our tight places. Amen. Don't let go of God, because we need God to thrive in tough times. Amen. The second feature of perseverance is seen in verses 7 to 10. And that is, he paid evil with good. Job doubted God's goodness. Because of his friends. It was not really his fault though. Because when you read the dialogue between him and his friends, his friends were always accusing him. They had an accusatory tone. They didn't come to encourage him. They didn't come to console him. They didn't come to lift him up. They just came to accuse him. The shot of it all is that all his friends were accusing him, Job, you're a sinner. That's why you've lost 10 kids. Can I say something to you? Please, if you ever have an opportunity to minister to somebody who is in pain, be very careful and be very sensitive because you can either complicate or medicate his pain. Please, let's choose the latter. Let's medicate people's pain. And sometimes the way to even medicate people's pain is not to say anything. Sometimes we like to be theologians too much. It's not everywhere you have to be a theologian. Sometimes people are in pain. And you want to theorize. That might not be the best place. Sometimes a sermon is not even necessary. Sometimes just sitting there and being quiet, that's enough. That's not the time to give prophecy. That's not the time. Sometimes just sitting down. Sit where the people are. Once upon a time, God spoke to Ezekiel. He said, I'm sending you to a place. Go and sit where the people are. Ezekiel didn't preach. Mighty man of God, a priest, a prophet, he had to sit where the people sat for seven days and then the Lord gave him a word to speak. And out of that action, I take some very important lessons. 
that sometimes to minister to people, you have to sit where they sit to feel the pain that they feel, to feel the emotions that they feel, so that when God gives you a message, you can use that message to medicate their pain and bring them healing and hope. Sometimes it's just to sit down. But these people, they rather became foolish. And the Lord chided them in the last chapter that because of your folly, I might bring judgment on you because you haven't spoken well. These people, they caused them to doubt God. They did well by coming to see Job, but it would have been better if they hadn't come. These people even made Job lose his self-esteem. His friends, his circle, his friends made them question God's omnipotence. Now, when you read chapter 42, chapter 42 is about five chapters of Job questioning God's omnipotence. And God decided to respond. And when God responded, Job repented. That, oh, wow, I'm sorry for questioning your power and questioning your sovereignty. But I'm trying to say that for Job to come to a place where he was questioning the omnipotence of God, his friends played a huge part. These same friends who caused him pain in his time of suffering, Job had to pray for them. That's a picture of perseverance. Repaying good for evil. That's a picture of perseverance right there. That when people have done evil to you, are you going to pin them back with the same coin? Or you choose to walk the highway? Listen, in our times of suffering, people will hurt us deeply. And sometimes what even makes suffering unbearable is not the nature of suffering. It is the attitude of friends and family who are supposed to be our support system and then they are not. That's what even makes the suffering more unbearable. Sometimes it's not even the nature of the suffering. It is the attitude of our friends and family who are supposed to be our support system in our most vulnerable moments and yet they are not there. Today, the question is being thrown to us by God. How will we behave when we have an opportunity to repay them back their same coin? Are we going to do it or are we going to go the highway and repay them good for evil? Job prayed for these people. He prayed for mercy. He prayed for the judgment of God to be averted upon their lives. If it was some of us, then it would have been good. You will know that I am a man of God. Lord, only for five days, they will know I'm a man of God. But Job never prayed like that. He prayed that the judgment of God will be averted. It's a picture of perseverance. Repaying good instead of evil. 
It's that picture of perseverance. You know, I like revenge movies. Some of those I like action. But sometimes art should not always imitate life. In, in the reality, in the Christian work of faith, sometimes revenge is too low. It's for weak people. Stronger people forgive. It, it takes a man of perseverance to exhibit the character of Christ. That's, you've paid me evil, but I'll pay you good. Job did that. He prayed for his friends. He took the bullocks and everything that they bought for him. And he made a bent sacrifice on behalf of his friends so that his friends would not experience judgment. Even though they spoke loosely about his condition, he prayed for them. That's a picture of perseverance. The third picture of perseverance I want us to see is in verses 10 to 11. And that ministered to me. In verses 10 to 11, Job had been blessed. He had come to a place of prosperity. But he didn't allow his blessing to make him a prisoner of bitterness. Do you know what I find amazing? In chapter 1, I don't hear of Job's brothers. I don't hear of his sisters. I don't hear of his acquaintances. But in chapter 42... I'm now hearing that, oh, Job had family members. Really? He had brothers, he had sisters, and he had acquaintances. And the Bible says that in his time of blessing, all these people came. And he didn't block them. That's perseverance. And he also ate with these people. Can you eat with people who have deserted you? In Job's time of blessing, in his time of prosperity, he didn't use his blessing as bars of prison. But he accommodated people. That is a picture of perseverance. He accommodated his brothers, his sisters, his acquaintances, all those people who forsook him. And I'm sure Job looked after all these people in his time of prominence. But in his time when he needed them the most, the Bible lets us know he, they were in there. But when God blessed Job, he didn't shield them away. He wasn't bitter. For me, I think this explains to me the greatest miracle of the book of Job. For Job to go through everything that he went through, losing 10 children, losing his wealth, all his streams of income, all his connections, uh, losing everything, but he never became bitter. He didn't allow his wells to be poisoned to be bitter. He didn't become a guy who had grudge. But the Bible lets us know that in his time of blessing and in his time of prosperity, all the people that had deserted him when they came, he received them, and he ate with them. That is a picture of perseverance. So today, from this story, we have learned three pictures of perseverance. 
when we truly say we have experienced the attribute of perseverance, these features also have to show in our lives. It has to show. In our times of suffering, may we hold on to our faith. When we have the opportunity to play tit for tat, may we rather go the highway and rather repay good for evil. And then may we have a big heart, a heart of accommodation, no grudges, no bitterness. That to me, my friends, is what I call the picture of perseverance. And then when you look at the story carefully, the Bible lets us know from verses 12 to 7, it ended on a good note. God bless Job. If you compare the blessings that Job experienced in chapter 42 and chapter 1, it's far greater on a different scale. On a different scale. I'm here to tell you that there is light at the end of the tunnel. Don't give up. Hold on. Be tough in trouble times. And what the ingredients that you will need to toughen yourself up during your moments of despair and your moments of trouble is perseverance. Pastor, you may be struggling in your ministry. God will bless you. But when God bless you, please, in your moment of blessing, watch your response. Young entrepreneur, you believed in that vision. All your friends have despised and laughed at you. God is going to bless your business. What's your response in your time of blessing? Let's develop the attitude of perseverance. That's why when I talked about perseverance, one of the definitions I gave is that it means fortitude. And I use the word endurance. May we persevere. May we persevere. May we indeed have the perseverance of Job. Believe you me, God has not finished with you yet. Hold on. You need perseverance to see to the end of this road. So you may ask, Pastor, I don't feel I have perseverance. How do I experience perseverance? If you read 2 Peter chapter 1, the Bible lets us know perseverance is a gift. We receive perseverance in addition to our faith. So in the spirit of what we've heard today, we pray for perseverance. That Lord, give us perseverance. We don't receive perseverance because of what we do. We receive perseverance because it's a gift. It's what is called exceedingly great and precious promise. It's a gift. It's an exceedingly great and precious promise. Therefore, if you and I lack perseverance, with all humility, let's ask them for perseverance so that we can be tough in troubled times. And then when we come at the end of the troubled times, we will see what God has prepared in store for us. And what God has prepared in store for us are blessings, restoration, 
and it will wipe away all our tears of being in that wilderness season. Can we bow down heads for head of prayer? Lord, fortify us, give us perseverance. I've delivered your word to your people. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.